Hello friends, it's Phil and I'm up early. Yes, my friends. This morning, which is the 14th of July, I woke up um, around about 10 to 6. Now, if you listened to the previous podcast, you will know that I have fired up, started to grow all gardening back in its old turf in northwest London. And I thought I'd share a couple of observations with you from the first day of assessments. So, just to give you some context, if you've never been to London and you live somewhere else. So, for instance, I am, my home is in Yorkshire, near Harrogate, or Harrogate, um, which is very, very busy, but actually not busy at all. It's an incredibly peaceful place. In London, you step out of your front door, your sanctuary, where I'm staying. I'm staying in my parents' house. They both passed away recently, but the house is still there at the moment. And um, my principal observation, my first observation is the roads, the world of London is mad and frenetic and connected and busy and going and relentless. But when you close the door to the place you're staying, everything stops. And I guess that's the difference between North Yorkshire and London, is when I open the back door to my house in Harrogate, the windows, there is no traffic, there is no madness, there is no chaos, it's peaceful. A great place to holiday, in fact. <laughs> but London, <laughs> London is simply on or off, depending on whether you're on the paths to somewhere or whether you're in your inner sanctuary. So that's the first observation, which is kind of obvious. But look, having lived in London, for most of my life and taking a little break from it and now being back again I can just see the difference London is fizzing and connected everything is on which in itself makes it kind of challenging to live in or to not live in is in the case and why did I move to Yorkshire because it's a better place to live but not necessarily a better place to work. So, the second observation, my second thinking, <clears throat> is um, about the grass, actually. Um, 
the most evident thing to look at with all the lawns down here and all the people I've met and I probably met about five five assessments yesterday people have tried to do their own lawn care they've tried and they've tried lawn treatment companies and they've tried online fertiliser companies and they've tried they tried really hard and I got talking to one of the customers um, yesterday, very nice chap, about the difference between working with me and the difference between doing it yourself. And he talked about what he'd done and fertilised and asked me my opinion of different things and processes. And, you know, it was, let's just say he was learning more about me and what I thought, which was really interesting. But we got to this point where I said, your learning and your experience, your experience of lawn care is limited to one lawn. And whilst you can watch videos and you can go on YouTube and you can see other bits of content that says their lawn is perfect, a collection of people are sharing content that says my lawn is perfect. And there's a few lawn professionals that are sharing lawns that are perfect. Keep in mind, there are 22 million gardens in the UK. All of them have some type of lawn. And there's only a collection hundreds of people that will share the success of their lawn. Just think about that for a minute. Hundreds of people are happy with what they've got, but there's 22 million lawns in the UK. Just, just, just think about it carefully. What that means is most people, or let's just say everyone, except for the marginal group that share their perfect experience will not be having a perfect experience and what I shared with this client which I kind of thought was quite insightful actually I said the difference between your experience and lawn, of lawn care and mine is my experience is 25,000 visits 35,000 hours thousands of lawns and sure I share content to do with the best lawns and sometimes the worst lawns and sometimes the beginning of the lawns and da 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 and problems on the lawns I don't I don't I well what I was saying was is that your understanding of your lawn is limited to your lawn but when you work with someone like me my experience of your lawn is only limited by all of the other lawns that I work on. And as I shared with the client yesterday and the lawn, I said, I chase perfection from one lawn to the next. So if one lawn is looking better than another lawn, I ponder why one lawn is looking better than the other lawn and what I can make, what I can do to make this lawn that I'm working on as good as that lawn. 
And now it's swinging and circling around a whole huge, huge kind of metaphorical golf course where I'm chasing perfection, lawn after lawn after lawn after lawn after lawn. And if you only have one lawn to measure your success by, then it can only be measured by what you know. Not necessarily what you see, because what's shared on social content that you will see is the successful ones. And they're a handful. But there are millions upon millions upon millions of people who are trying, trying to get better. But it's difficult. It's a bit like saying, um, I'd like to be um, the fastest runner in the world. Usain Bolt, yeah? Now, you can train like him, you can think like him, you can dress like him, but you can't live the experience that he lives to make his performance better. And he has layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of experience that he keeps refining back and refining back and refining back. So I guess kind of that's the second point. Mm, third point is, and it's just a little bit of a touch point really, is wetting agents. It's not a big sell this one, but it's a really important one. Over the last couple of seasons, the last couple of years, the weather has been drier and wetter, and drier, and wetter. Weather is weather is weather, right? But one of the things that's becoming much more common is dry conditions and warmer temperatures. Now, if you have your lawn well-fed and you have a wetting agent applied to it at least every three months, if not every month, or you can have it done every six months, but it depends. Um, if you have a wetting agent in your root zone and a good feed and you know what to look for when the grass starts to dry out and get stressed, you can save your lawn with minimum, minimum watering. Minimum. Minimum watering. You can keep it in A1 condition with minimum watering. But you've got to, you've got to stay ahead of the stress and drought conditions. Because when a lawn starts to go over, the amount of water it needs goes up. If you keep ahead, if you keep it healthy, if you keep it well hydrated, the water it requires is less. The other thing, just for reference, which is a challenge, is... Mm, and I say this with a gentle caveat. Fine lawns that I look after are cut at about 14 mil. They require a good deal of watering, maintenance and care. And if you don't want to do all of that, you do have the option to lift the cutter, maybe to 30, 40 mil, long and lush. And um, what you'll find is the grass will survive better because the roots will be less stressed, let's say.
Anyway, look, I'm going to go. Um, a day ahead, a couple of assessments, and then I'll be heading back to Yorkshire. Anyway, look, um, I'll keep you updated as I go along as to what's happening and how things are evolving. But, dear friends, the podcast is called Growing All Gardening, and that is exactly what we're doing. Brilliant. Anyway, take care. Catch you soon. Uh, much love as always, dear friends. Take care. Ta-da. Bye. Bye.